As I prayed, I am usually surprised. I'm really uh, amazed that, you, as I said, it's sometimes just like a perfect harmony that uh, somebody comes on the stage to testify, give testimony, and then it's something I wanted to talk about as well. And the songs also match, and it's all orchestrated by Holy Spirit. You can put a timer on the screen that I don't talk too much, but I got a word that really is important for us today in church and what's happening in the world and where is the church going as a this global church and I myself participated in this uh, prayer and fasting and interesting stuff happened if you have done this fasting if you have tried to uh, control to um, to control your flesh it can be like a suffering not to eat, not to open your phone, your media. And for example, for Mantis, it could be difficult not to play a guitar because it's his, his life, his passion. Suffering can be disease or losing your loved ones and there are all kinds of difficulties in our life and I can't put them more that some maybe basically some of them above others that for each person it's their own and whatever happens in your life you still, our response is that we experience uh, suffering and pain and irritation in our body. And what I see, what we observe, that suffering will remain until the, until Jesus comes back. And it doesn't matter if you are a Christian or not, if you believe in uh, some kind of power or whatever your religion, your belief, we all experience bigger or smaller sufferings. If you know Timothy Keller, um, he says that the one thing, the main thing, how we um, transfer from abstract knowledge about God to real uh, facing God is through difficulties, trials and suffering that leads us to God, seek Him and it can serve for our good, for our benefit even though you don't feel like that at that moment of suffering and as well C.S. Lewis is saying 
if you try to take out the element of suffering, um, the element of trials, you kind of like take out the life itself. You can buy his books in our bookstore. It's like he's really wise and he lived this godly life. And it's really powerful, these words, that to think that, yeah, if you would take out all the elements of difficulty, suffering or trials, then how would you fully experience life if you don't go through certain things? For example, suffering can be... Suffering can be actual events that happen um, outside of you, like your, some circumstances out of your control, but it can also be inside, like inner suffering in your mind that you create, you think, your thoughts, and how you react to your environment. And sometimes these difficulties come one after another and it just makes me realize that I'm just a poor man what should what can I do it's out of my control um, we see there's a story of Job in the Bible what happened to him and we're not going to raise these questions if he, it was his fault, if he did something wrong. I'm just wanting to raise a point that suffering exists and how can we react to it, respond to it. And first he lo loses his um, possessions, then he loses his family members, and then his own body is attacked he not only mentally but physically starts to feel pain and and above all he experiences rejection from uh, his friends society they start to come in and maybe give him advice or say what he did wrong and he still had this wife that comes and maybe starts to put doubts in his mind that maybe God himself abandoned him and left him. And in the Bible, the word suffering is mentioned 240 times but it's the actual word suffering but there are other synonyms that you can also find for example let's start from the beginning of the bible abraham has received a promise from god that he will have a, a, a child that will come from him um, and from his wife sarah how does he respond to that message and 
God promised, but that child doesn't come for years. What to do? He he starts to take action, control in his own hands. So first of all, is long waiting, and again, when finally that promised child came, um, God said, "Sacrifice him, give give him away to me." And again, he felt he faced this big suffering in his heart, and we know the story how it ended. But then, as we continue in the timeline, we have Joseph, who experienced crazy stuff, uh, being sold by his own family members to slavery in Egypt. And in Egypt, he was falsely accused and put into prison. And with all these things happening in his life, he still had God's promise that he will be uh, exalted, he will be lifted and put into big power. Um, but he still had to go through all these trials. And the prophet for Jeremiah also he he got a promise from God that he will hear God's words, he will um, be given authority, but people will not listen to him. He will be speaking, but people will be laughing and rejecting him. And um, we have Daniel then, who he was... Uh, sent to just taken captive to Babylon some kind of foreign army comes and just um, uh, defeats your your nation takes your family members to captivity um, God is still with Daniel and he gives him power and authority um, uh, he found favor in the eyes of uh, rulers of Babylon. But again, there were some false accusations of him, and he's put into the pit hole uh, with lions. And um, there was also these people of God who had to... He, they lived in the foreign land, and... They were forced to to bow down to other gods, to statues. They refuse, and they're ordered to be put into fire. Um, we have David's story, where Saul wanted to kill him. He was persecuting him. He was um, running away and hiding from him. David is saying. I was crying out to God. I, I came to God with all my pain, my suffering, my cries. And I cry out to you, God, saying that you are my refuge, my shelter. 
please hear my cry and please save me from my persecutors, from my enemies. He always ran to God in the moments of darkness. And just like these holy people, these uh, saints, people who God loved and favored, they all suffered trials and uh, injustices. Um, when I came to England, uh, the first time I lived with Thomas, my friend, he let me live in his room because he had to leave. And I remember I felt a big pain on my side. I called emergency and uh, they came and took me to hospital. They were taking me from hospital to hospital and I was just like uh, passing out from pain. It was just unbearable. And I remember I woke up on this bed. I just wanted to stand up and go to the sink. <laughs> but I just passed out and they put me on bed again. Again, I just cut the situation is that I was new in UK and they had no data about my health history. And then they started doing tests and, but yeah, they found that I had um, kid like stones in, and it was causing unbearable pain. I remember when I was in this suffering, I was praying, saying, please, God, just take this pain from me and I will do anything you want. I will, I will be your faithful servant. And it was this time. And I was really crying out to God and just giving him all the possible promises. Only if he could heal me, take this this problem away, this suffering from me. And I'm sure all of us become similar in this in this time of suffering. And what is really common for all of us, um, maybe what I'm going to say, I don't want you to understand that God will never uh, answer to your prayers or, and save you. So I want to uh, make clear that God comes to save you, to deliver you. But what happens when it doesn't happen instantly, when it's not as soon as we expect? It doesn't happen immediately how we would like that God removes something from our lives, some problems go away today. And when things go and it's months and years and things don't don't move, they don't happen. And God doesn't mean that God abandons us. He is with us in all these situations. But what is the danger in that when we start to hear this voice? Is God really with you? Are you sure God's? Are you sure God did not abandon you? 
this voice saying, did God really tell? Just like in the Genesis, when the serpent came to Eve, to Eve and he started saying, did God really say, don't eat from this tree? Did God really say that? And you can hear this voice of the enemy saying, are you sure God is your healer? Are you sure he's provider? Are you sure he's blessing you and um, protect protects you and protects your family? And these were the first words that came out of the Satan, of, of the devil. It was the words of doubt, to put the doubt in our minds. Is it really that? Are you sure? And it is that this free will that God gave us, and we can always say yes or no. You have a choice of free will to say that yes, I believe, or no, I, I don't believe anymore. I, I started to doubt. There are two ways in this um, furnace, in this furnace of suffering, and that one way is the negative way, when you accept the lies of devil, when you start to accuse circumstances, accuse others, accuse yourself, blame yourself and blame others. And in the end, you start to be angry and blame God. And we see in the Genesis chapter 3, verse 12 to 13, that Adam replied to God and started to justify himself, saying, a woman that you gave for me, she gave me that that fruit from the tree, and I ate. So he's um, taking out all the responsibility from himself and putting it on the his partner, the woman. And the woman asked the same way when she was asked, why did you do that? She said, it was the serpent that deceived me. I was tricked and I ate. So it's like a chain of accusations. It is this, we see that from the early beginnings of humanity that the tendency to put away uh, responsibility and on others, blame others. It is in our nature to blame others, but it is really difficult as well when we can't live in peace and you live with uh, self-blame. You start to blame yourself um, for everything. 24 hours a day, 
you live with that guilt. And during all this time, what happens is your heart becomes hardened, um, hardened against others, against God, and it doesn't happen instantly over uh, uh, the day. It is really a gradual process. And you find yourself in a place where you start to see everyone being against you. You see everyone as enemies. And then you are really winded up in this um, in this mindset to the point where you start to see yourself as your own enemy, that you don't have peace with yourself anymore. You are against yourself. Um, I remember when I was reading these words, that's this verse in the Bible that says, everything works out for good in those who believe, for those who believe, for those who love God. But I was hearing this verse as everything works out for bad um, at some point in my life. And uh, one of the lead, uh, worship leaders, I remember he was sharing that sometimes when I sing Amazing Grace, it seems like these words, this song is for someone else, but not me, because I'm not in that place and I am suffering. And where is this Amazing Grace? Um, but I don't want to um, put you into into this negative mindset, but I want to show another side and as Carolina as well testified that God is with us all of the time, even if we don't feel, even if we don't see with our sensations that God is with us. He is with us because he promised. God himself promised that he will be with us in the fire, in the fire, in the suffering, in the, in the difficulties. And it is the key that we become stronger and not weaker that we walk out of that stronger, strengthened, uh, matured. And, and Jesus uh, in the Gospel of John said, I spoke to you the words so that you have peace. In the, in the world you will have suffering, but be brave and courageous. I have defeated the world. In the first uh, letter of Peter, chapter 5, it says, throw on him all of your um, burdens because he cares for you. And resist the enemy, the devil, with your strong faith, knowing that similar uh, trials Everyone's going through similar trials. Your brothers and sisters all around the world, they're going through difficulties. 
and God of mercy who called you into um, eternal glory in Jesus Christ will strengthen you while you, it says there, while you wait patiently in the trial for a very short time, God himself will lead you out and strengthen you out of that out of that situation our when we are in the suffering as i said in the earlier that there are two ways how we can respond and um, the one way is to become uh, hardened to become mm, distant from God and let in the anger and the other way would be to come to God and say here I am and maybe I don't understand why certain things happened why they rejected me why someone accused me falsely why um, I was born into certain family maybe and all kinds of situations I don't understand and then I think, even if we come with with this emotion, with this um, uncertainty, maybe pouring out your heart with these questions, saying, God, I don't understand, but it's better to come to God and being you, being yourself, showing what you really experience going through, rather than just closing your heart and shutting, uh, shutting out from the world, from others. And even more, Paul is saying that rejoice when you find yourselves in trials. Maybe later we will speak about it, maybe a few years time. If we don't feel that we can, that we're not in this level yet, um, but we are called to come to God in our suffering, uh, the way we feel, the way we, ex the way we, uh, the way we are. I want to quote uh, from another um, teacher of God: In whatever situation you are that you will understand that God is sufficient, God is enough to go with you, to guide you through, even though if you don't see instantly that uh, things solve, problems go away, but you have this position of the heart, this mindset that God is enough, He is sufficient. And when I've accepted that, I noticed that my anxiety, my worries, my fears, they just vanished. But when I accepted that God is enough today, in whatever situation I find myself, my anxiety just went away. Jesus says, I give you peace. I give you, I give you, it comes from me, it's not like you're 
making it with your own efforts. You're creating it yourself. It's not like you solve the problem, remove the um, object of suffering, that problem, but Jesus says, I simply give you peace, the peace that the world cannot give. I give you. And we, as the Bible says, we are now living in the days that are lost, last days, the age of last days. And Jesus warned us that we will go through persecutions, trials. It is one thing to know this in your mind, to have a lot of knowledge, to have all the theory and what what to do. And But another level, another thing is when you actually end up in situations that are difficult, that are painful, and then when your faith is tested, when you have to make a decision to trust in God, to remain with Him, remain faithful, and that's when the things start to uh, to move, to solve. And I want to pray this uh, unusual prayer, but it was uh, the same way we read a story in the Bible that one father approached uh, Jesus and asked for his child to be healed. And Jesus responded, just believe, just believe in this suffering, believe for your child. And the, that father said, I believe, help, help if, help my unbelief, help, help if I still have some unbelief. And our prayer is, God, please help us to believe. I believe that you're the answer, you're the solution. Even if today I still have some doubts, some unbeliefs, uh, I don't see it fully. Um, but I choose to believe that you will respond, you will, you will be the solution if we come to God open-heartedly and um, please forgive us if we didn't trust. God will answer. And I pray that whatever you're going through today, um, your Holy Spirit reminds us that you are enough, this huge truth reality may it become a reality for us that you are enough god that we feel that we are not robbed we don't lack even if we don't have all the answers all the solutions but you are enough god and i pray that you prepare us our hearts I pray that you prepare our hearts, that we are able to face whatever is coming. 
that we already are ready to tell with open heart that we can accept this truth that you will be enough for me god i pray that even in the pain people will testify that people will proclaim your goodness that you are enough I pray that in the storm, when we are, we find ourselves in the storm, I pray that we have this uh, comfort, we find comfort in our church, that we can strengthen one another, comfort one another, and remind that Jesus is enough. And I pray for those who walked too far away, hardened their hearts, closed their hearts. Those who believed in lies of devil, that they accepted the lies that God forsaken them, for that God forgot them, walked away from them, doesn't love them anymore. Pray that your rain, God, is pouring out, pouring out into our hearts and renews the soil, um, cleanses the soil, renews the soil, and prepares it for that these seeds that can fall and give fruit in our hearts. I pray for these hardened hearts that spring comes, harvest comes. Um, I pray that you still are heard and um, your light, your truth um, breaks through. I proclaim, I prophesy that these hearts will be softened and rise again, renews um, with a renewal, with restoration, and with even with more strength and more power, will glorify, will be these, those who testify about your love, your goodness, your mercy. They will be warriors in the kingdom of God to comfort others and to remind that Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. Amen.